Hello, hello, it's the Sunday Scaries of Expresso Crime, and today's episode is about killers among us. So these are some of the most prolific serial killers in the world that maintain double lives. They were hiding in plain sight, blending right in while committing very, very sinister and scary crimes. Let's get right into this list. Starting things off, number one, Robert Lee Yates Jr., also known as the Grocery Bag Killer. He's an American serial killer from Spokane, Washington. From 1975 to 1998, he is known to have murdered at least 11 women in Spokane. He also confessed to two murders committed in Walla Walla in 1975 and a 1988 murder as well. In 2002, he was convicted of killing two women and sentenced to death, but it was commuted to life without parole after the Washington Supreme Court ruled capital punishment unconstitutional in 2018. He was arrested on April 18, 2000 for the murder of Jennifer Joseph. After his arrest, a search warrant was executed on a white 1977 Chevrolet Corvette. So he previously owned that Corvette and a white Corvette had been identified as the vehicle in which one of the victims had last been seen. However, when he was pulled over in that vehicle, the officer that was searching for it, um, they misread that to say Camaro, not Corvette. So no one realized that was him and they didn't realize that until after he was arrested. So as far as seemingly blending in, following college in 1975, he was hired by the Washington State Department of Corrections to work as a correction officer at the Washington State Pen in Walla Walla. In October 1977, he enlisted in the U.S. Army and was a pilot and also a National Guard. He worked within and outside of the U.S. He was also married with five children. So crazy that he was actually a corrections officer and then ended up in prison himself and then the Corps vet Camaro issue as well. Just someone that was a serial killer that was just really blending in. Second on the list is Marcel André Henry Felix Petiot. That is a name and a half. He was a French medical doctor and while he's on this, a serial killer. He was convicted of multiple murders after the discovery of the remains of 23 people in his basement in Paris during World War II. He is suspected of the murder of about 60 to 200 victims during his lifetime, although the true number remains unknown. He seemingly was just blending in as he was a doctor. Number three on the list is Michael Joseph Swango. He's an American serial killer and physician who is estimated to have been involved in as many as 60 fatal poisonings of patients and colleagues between 1981 and 1997. He was sentenced in 2000 to three consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole, and he is serving his sentence now at ADX Florence at his own request. He rarely changed his murder methods. With non-patients, such as his co-workers at the emergency medical service, he used poisons, usually arsenic, and he would slip that into foods and beverages. With patients, he sometimes used poisons as well, but usually he administered an overdose of whichever drug the patient had been prescribed or wrote unnecessary prescriptions for dangerous drugs. So he was seemingly fitting in while literally killing people, right? So he fit in as a doctor, but he also 
because he was a doctor, he used being a doctor to kill people. Just so, so wild. Number four on the list is Thomas Neil Crane. He was a Scottish-Canadian medical doctor and serial killer who poisoned his victims. He murdered up to 10 people in three countries, and he was convicted and sentenced to death, and he was hanged on November 15, 1892. So this is a really throwback crime here. He was a killer among us, as we know, because of being a doctor, like our past two. We're just on a real doctor's theme with this episode. Number five, Bruce MacArthur. Between 2010 and 2017, a total of eight men disappeared from a neighborhood in Toronto, which is in Canada. The investigation into the disappearances eventually led to Bruce MacArthur, who was then 66 years old, and he was a landscaper and a mall Santa. So they arrested him on January 18th, 2018. On January 29th, 2019, he pleaded guilty to eight counts of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life imprisonment with no eligibility for parole for 25 years. He is the most prolific known serial killer to have been active in Toronto, and he just blended into the community as a local business owner, and then, of course, being a mall Santa as well. Him being the mall Santa while killing, it's just it just adds such a sinister layer to it. Number six on the list is Dennis Andrew Nielsen. He was a Scottish serial killer and necrophile who murdered at least 12 young men and boys between 1978 and 1983. So he was convicted at the Old Bailey of six counts of murder and two of attempted murder. He was sentenced to life imprisonment on November 4th, 1983, with a recommendation that he serve a minimum of 25 years. That recommendation was later changed to life imprisonment in December 1994. He died after surgery in 2018. All of his murders were committed at, the, at two North London addresses where he had lived between 1978 and 1983. His victims would be lured to his home through deception and then he would kill them with strangulation and sometimes drowning as well. Following each murder, he would perform a ritual in which he bathed and dressed the victim's bodies, which he retained for extended periods of time. He then dissected and disposed of the remains by burning them in a bonfire or flushing them down a toilet. This is just so, so sinister. His murders were first discovered by a plumbing company employee who responded to plumbing complaints made by both Nielsen and other tenants on February 8th, 1983. So the plumber opened a drain cover at the side of the house and that's when he discovered that the drain was packed with a flesh-like substance and numerous small bones which he didn't know where they came from. He reported this to his supervisor and the supervisor decided to postpone anything further until the following morning as he had come in pretty late in the evening. So prior to leaving the property, Nilsson and a fellow tenant talked to the plumber just discussing like what is going on here. Upon hearing the plumber say how similar the substance was in appearance to human flesh, Nilsson replied, it looks to me like someone has been flushing down their Kentucky fried chicken. At 7.30 a.m. the following day, the plumbing company had come back, and at this point, the drain had been cleared. This was a huge red flag to the plumbing company. They then discovered some scraps of flesh and four bones in a pipe leading from the drain, which linked, linked to the top of the um, apartment. 
They thought the bones looked as if they came from a human hand. Both men immediately called the police who then they, you know, inspected this further and they sent it away for research. And that is when the police were told that the remains were 100% human. In an interview the following day, Nielsen confessed that there were further human remains in a tea chest in his living room with other remains inside a drawer in his bathroom. The dismembered body parts were the bodies of three men, all of whom were killed by strangulation. So he was a killer among us as he just seemingly blended in. He served in the army before he moved to Britain. And that's when he worked as a security guard before eventually becoming a police officer at one point as well. So just super, super sinister and just a seemingly normal life. Um, unless, you know, the quite literal skeletons in the closet. Number seven on the list is Dennis Rader. He was an American serial killer who murdered 10 people between 1974 and 1991 in Kansas. He often taunted law enforcement and the media with letters and messages that described his crimes. He was eventually caught in 2005 and was sentenced to 10 consecutive life terms in prison without the possibility of parole. He blended in perfectly with his Wichita community. He was a father, a husband, a Boy Scout troop leader, president of his church, um, and he was also a home security installer. So just all around, you would have never thought someone who was, you know, leading a church, husband, Boy Scouts, all of that home security would be a serial killer as well. Number eight on the list is John Wayne Gacy. He was an American serial killer and sex offender who raped, tortured, and murdered at least 33 young men and boys in Chicago. He became known as the killer clown due to his public performances as a clown prior to the discovery of these crimes. So he committed all of his known murders inside his home. Typically, he would lure a victim to his home and dupe them into putting on handcuffs, you know, so we can demonstrate a magic trick because he is a clown after all. Once in handcuffs, he would then rape and torture the victim before killing them. 26 victims were buried in the crawl space of his home and three were buried elsewhere on the property. Four were discarded in the river. He had previously been convicted in 1968 of sodomy of a teenage boy in Iowa and was sentenced to 10 years imprisonment, but he just served 18 months. He murdered his first victim in 1972. He blended into society as a successful business contractor and, of course, being a clown. He was well-known and respected in his suburban Chicago community, and he was just throughout his life really heavily involved in local politics as well. Number nine on the list is Richard Angelo. In 1983, he was convicted of murdering several of his patients and sentenced to 50 years to life in prison. Angelo first came to the attention of the public in October 1987 when he was suspected of poisoning a patient at the then Good Samaritan Medical Center. He was accused of injecting a patient uh, via IV. The patient felt unwell after after the injection and later paged a nurse to help him, Angelo was arrested for assault on the 73-year-old patient because he was the only person to match the description that was given to police. Following his arrest, he confessed to having poisoned other patients as well. As a result, as many as 30 recently deceased patients were exhumed and examined for traces of this poison. He claimed that his motive was to portray himself as a hero. After poisoning his victims, he would wait until 
until they went into cardiac arrest and then come by and save them in front of his colleagues. He seemingly blended in as his mother was a teacher, his father was a high school counselor, he graduated from nursing school with honors in 1980. He was just, you know, a really stable family, stable, you know, education, career, everything. His like motive is just shocking to me though. Number 10 on the list is Philip Markov. So he was an American medical medical student who was charged with the armed robbery and murder of a woman in Boston on April 14, 2009, along with two other armed robberies. He maintained his innocence of all charges and pleaded not guilty at his arraignment. A grand jury indicted him for first-degree murder, armed robbery, and other charges. On August 15, 2010, he died by suicide while in jail when he was awaiting trial. London, in as he was engaged and was a second-year medical student at the time of the crimes, he was suspended from the school after the criminal charges were filed against him. But, you know, from the outside looking in, everything was just completely normal and, you know, nothing you would have ever suspected. Number 11 on the list is Ted Bundy. He was an American serial killer who kidnapped, raped, and murdered dozens of young women and girls during the 1970s, though possibly even earlier. Following his arrest, he escaped prison twice, the first time for six days and the second time for a month and a half. After more than a decade of denying that he did anything, he confessed to 30 murders committed in seven states between 1974 and 1978. He was executed on January 24, 1989 at the age of 42 in Florida. He seemingly blended in as he used his charm to lure in victims. Number 12 on the list is Randy Kraft. So he's an American serial killer and rapist known as the Scorecard Killer, the Southern California Strangler, and the Freeway Killer. He committed the rape, torture, and murder of a minimum of 16 young men between 1972 and 1983. Um, he is also believed to have committed the rape and murder of up to 51 other young men and boys. He was convicted in May 1989 and he's currently incarcerated. He seemingly just blended in as four months after graduating from college, he joined the U.S. Air Force, and then during his service, he rose to different ranks, and then after, he also went on to become a successful computer programmer. Number 13, and last on the list before we dive into current crimes, is Gary Ridgway. So he's an American serial killer known as the Green River Killer. He was initially convicted of 48 separate murders committed between the early 1980s and late 1990s. As part of his plea bargain, another conviction was added, bringing the total number of victims to 49, making him the second most prolific serial killer in U.S. history, according to confirmed murders. He was arrested on November 30th, 2009, as he was leaving his work as a in like a truck factory in Renton, Washington. He just seemingly blended in. I mean, he was arrested at work. He was just, you know, a regular working guy. Um, but in reality, second most prolific serial killer. Now let's get into current crimes. Okay, for current crimes, a couple of these are little not as current just because for the birthday episode, I didn't include them. 
but there's been an update on the Ruby Frank case. So she was a former family vlogger. She was arrested and charged with six counts of aggravated child abuse under Utah law. She pleaded guilty to four counts of them, and she was sentenced to serve between four and 30 years in prison on February 20th, 2024. So just a recent update there with actually being sentenced. It'll be interesting to see how many years she ends up serving as it is between four and 30. Next on current crimes, Idaho on Wednesday delayed the execution of a convicted serial killer, Thomas Eugene Creech, one of the U.S.'s longest serving death row inmates, and that was after a failed attempt at lethal injection. So he had been convicted of five murders. He was sentenced to death for the killing of a fellow prisoner with a battery-filled sock in 1981. So they're saying that the medical team could not establish an IV line and that the execution was unable to proceed. So as a result, the death warrant will expire and the state is considering next steps with it. So kind of a like it's kind of crazy to even see that executions are still happening, but also in the same sense, not happening at all. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And then also, more than 20 years after an Alabama woman was found dead, her husband has been arrested for murder, and this was in a statement on Monday. So Sharon Mills was 49 when she was reported missing by her husband, Dwight Mills, on December 30th, 2001. Her body was found a month later. The investigation stalled after police said that they exhausted all leads. Investigators said that after they gathered new information and evidence, they were able to follow up on old leads and they were able to obtain a warrant to arrest Dwight Mills, 69, on charges of murder and abuse of a corpse. So kind of crazy that it's taken, you know, more than 20 years, but they've been able to to make that arrest. And then in Granada, police say that three prisoners escaped from a police station on February 18th, and they believe the men hijacked a catamaran that had a U.S. couple on it, and they allegedly threw them into the water, um, and they have noted that there were signs of violence abroad that catamaran. Two days later, the men were arrested along the island's northwest coast. It's unclear why the escaped prisoners hijacked the couple's catamaran, but it was set near the police station where the three men escaped. It's just terrifying that three prisoners escaped and then hijacked that catamaran as well and allegedly throwing them in the water. And then the FBI has reopened the D.B. Cooper case. So that is the unidentified man who hijacked a plane in the U.S. on November 24th, 1971 during a flight from Portland to Seattle. The hijacker told a flight attendant he was armed with a bomb. He demanded $200,000 in ransom, which is equivalent to approximately $1.5 million today, and requested four parachutes upon landing in Seattle. After releasing the passengers in Seattle, the hijacker instructed the flight crew to refuel the aircraft and begin a second flight to Mexico City with a refueling stop in Reno. After 30 minutes from taking off in Seattle, the hijacker opened the aircraft's door and he deployed the staircase. He parachuted into the night and he has never been found or identified. For years, the family that they're kind of thinking could potentially be it, the McCoy family, they refused to cooperate with authorities or supply DNA or any other 
evidence that would assist the FBI. However, the son, Rick McCoy, says his family stance has actually changed because his mother, Karen McCoy, died in 2020. So Richard McCoy's wife confessed to helping him plan the D.B. Cooper heist before her death in 2020. That's what the children are saying. So the McCoy family originally didn't want anything to do with the case. They, they weren't helpful. And then the mother, who on her deathbed confessed to helping. Um, and then since then, McCoy's son provided the FBI with a DNA sample to test against any remaining evidence that they may have. And therefore, the D.B. Cooper case is reopened and we could potentially know more about it as you know time progresses. So just kind of crazy that it's taken so long and, you know, a potential deathbed confession as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to keep up with this as things progress. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you for listening. I will see you next Sunday for more Sunday Scaries by Expresso Crime. Next Sunday, we are doing cryptic clues. So just serial killers, killers, etc. that have left different clues. So I will see you then for more Sunday Scaries by Expresso Crime. Bye for now.